from GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz events. I'm Joel McCower. There's this old paradigm of universities being ivory towers, you know, kind of islands of academia, totally divorced from the communities in, in which they exist. Uh, we don't accept that paradigm. Janet Napolitano is president of the University of California, that acclaimed 10-campus institution of higher education. Before that, she served as the governor of Arizona and the secretary of Homeland Security under President Obama. I spoke with her at the Verge Conference in September 2016 in Santa Clara, California. We discussed the role of the university as a regional hub for sustainability and security and how that contributed to more resilient communities. Let's listen in. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, and, it's uh, my pleasure. I'm just so interested in, in how you, your uh, great resume of, you know, governorship, governor of Arizona, secretary of Homeland Security, now president of the world's greatest university system, the 10 campus uh, University of California system. That's my alma mater, so I get a Excellent. little bit of Go Bears spirit in there. Um, how you're bringing those together. And one of the ways that, that that's happened, you, you've been the president since... Uh, almost three years now. Almost three years now. And one of the things that you did early on was to, to help shepherd through this, this climate initiative. Uh, it's, a, it's a carbon neutral initiative, I think. It's that's called. right. T tell us about what that is, but more equally important, why you did that. You know, the University of California is a, is a, it's a huge institution. It's the largest public research university in the world. Um, it's the best public research university in the world. Um, and, I, um, and some of this comes out of what I learned at Homeland Security. What are some of the meta risks that, that we need to face uh, on the planet, climate being uh, chief amongst them? Uh, and we began to see during my secretaryship issues of climate and sustainability entering the military and the security dialogue of the country. Well, it seemed to me that uniting kind of the intellectual power of the university and all of our campuses and national labs, et cetera, uh, our footprint in California, which is huge, and our obligation to be good stewards of the, of, of the environment ourself, ourselves, that we should set ourselves a, an audacious goal. And the goal we set, and we did this early in my presidency, was that the University of California would be carbon neutral by the year 2025. That's a, that's a big, uh, that's a lot of change. And so lots of people are focused on this from the research perspective, from how we, how we acquire and manage our own power uh, needs for the university and our laboratories and our hospitals, um, and how we educate the next generation in terms of what it will take uh, to, to move uh, our society in this direction. And so uh, uh, we call it our, our carbon neutral uh, initiative. Um, doesn't have a fancy name, but there's a lot of work that's underway right now. Is there a piece of this that also has to do with resilience? Uh, because we're in a state, as you know well, that, you know, what do they call the four seasons? You know, fires, flood, drought, and earthquakes or something. You know, they, they ought to add we, freeways to that, which is kind of a misnomer, yeah. actually, uh, if you've been driving. Traffic is perennial. But we've got uh, that uh, a lot of uh, shocks to the system. There's just normal economic shocks that happen uh, along the way, but we've got uh, you know, climate shocks from drought and such, and, and, and lots of others. Does this help set the university up 
in a way that not only uh, helps develop the, the technologies or the thought leadership that, that allows others to, to withstand that, but also to the university itself to be a more resilient institution. I think it does, and it, and it uh, provides for us a certain um, independence, as, as it were, and really thinking of ourselves both as an energy consumer, but also as um, uh, kind of a, a generator of ideas uh, for uh, for society writ large. And so many of our efforts are focused on only on the university, but they also expand nationally and indeed internationally in this arena because as, as the last speaker just noted, uh, this, is, this is an intensely international environment and things like uh, investor predictability and the like will make a huge difference in terms of meeting, say, the goals of the Paris Accord. So, um, and we were there. I was there in Paris, uh, um, and we were the first and, and to date the only um, institution of higher learning to be part of uh, the, uh, the coalition that Bill Gates was putting together on the investor side. But all of this wraps together, and so when we talk about carbon neutrality as a university goal, but we're also thinking about climate sustainability and resilience. Where does food come into this? You did a, you created a, a global food, it's called the, uh, the Global Food Initiative. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that about and how does that fit into the, or is it even a part of the climate uh, thinking that, that you're going through? It, it, it's like a Venn diagram. It's different, but it also intersects. Uh, uh, we believe that uniting the power, we call it the power of 10, 10 campuses with their faculties, their resources, their students and staff, that we can take on and, and should be taking on some of the world's big challenges. So energy sustainability, I've already mentioned. Uh, we also decided to take on the issue of food security because the planet will add another billion people between now and 2025. How do we provide for a sustainable, nutritious food future? Uh, one of the areas of intersection is how do you deal with food waste? And how do you use food waste to help you accomplish your, your carbon neutrality goals? And there's some really great projects underway on our campuses in that regard. Can you give us an example? Well, we have a, a student at Davis who is uh, really looking at some unique ways to convert dining hall food waste. And anyone who's been on a United States campus knows we have a lot. Um, how do we convert that into immediately into energy and put it into our own energy supply requirements. Mm -hmm. One of the things you mentioned, you know, some of the stakeholders, the students and the faculty and so on, it didn't mention communities. And um, University of California is in, well, 10 communities, certainly. Uh, some of those are big ones like Los Angeles and San Francisco. Some of them like Irvine or Merced, uh, not so much. What do you see both as the responsibility but also the opportunity of a university to play a role in its community that supports climate action, resilience, security in all of its many forms. You know, it's really interesting. There's this old paradigm of universities being ivory towers, you know, kind of islands of academia, de totally divorced from the communities in, in which they exist. Uh, we don't accept that paradigm. We believe that uh, in many regards, that communities in California that have grown the fastest and are the most prosperous, not surprisingly, have a university campus uh, right, right there in the middle. Um, and so that intersection with community, with policymakers, with uh, public utilities and with others 
um, is part of our DNA now, and there's a, a lot of that kind of outreach underway. One of the things that um, uh, our faculty produced last fall, for example, we hosted at UC San Diego a big climate summit for California. The governor spoke, others spoke, um, and the faculty produced uh, a, 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 you know, a booklet called 10 Scalable, Bending the Curve, 10 Scalable Solutions. Uh, and uh, all things that um, are data-based, evidence-based kind of strategies and tactics for how you move from a goal of trying to get to uh, less reliance on fossil fuel, carbon neutrality, and the like. Well, how do you move along that curve and do it quickly? What are the tactics that can be deployed? I would imagine that procurement is one piece of that, and particularly in some smaller communities, uh, the Merced is the one that comes to mind, uh, that the University of California has to be one of, if not the biggest economic engine in that community. Sure. Isn't there potential, or is there potential, and are you leveraging that to help uh, grow scale and markets for, uh, for regenerative agriculture or for, for smart buildings or any other, obviously, renewable energy technologies? How do you think about that? Yeah, we do uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned things like building architecture and the like, because any time in this country we are investing in infrastructure, we need to be thinking about climate and sustainability at the same time. And that also ties into resilience, what kinds of materials are used, where you locate things, all of that needs to be taken into consideration. It's a very different type of public procurement than we had even you know, 15 years ago or so when I was serving as a, as a state governor. I would imagine, uh, well, I'm curious what happens when you get together with your fellow um, uh, university presidents, uh, whether from outside of California or nationally, whether public universities like the University of California some of the many wonderful private universities. Do they compare notes on, is this an issue among universities where they talk about climate, about sustainability, about the potential, both as a threat multiplier, the risk, but also as an opportunity in the education system? You know, it, that's interesting. Um, in, the, in the meetings I've attended, I think the University of California is the only institution of our type that has just taken this on front and center. Not to say that other institutions aren't doing things as individual campuses, or, uh, and everybody talks about renewable energy, and also energy efficiency, because we're all interested in lowering our costs. And um, I, can, I can tell you precisely, we pencil out how much we are saving and by using different energy efficiency um, tactics. But no system, to my knowledge, has basically said, we are going to strive to be carbon neutral and we're going to, to really marshal our resources and focus them uh, in the right way to achieve that goal. We are the fourth largest employer in California. The University of California, it's a huge deal. The budget of the University of California is over three times the budget of the state of Arizona, where I was a governor. To give you, if we were a state, we'd probably be about the 15th largest state just by ourselves. Um, and so um, I think just because of, uh, breadth and depth and size, we can do things. And then, as you mentioned, that intersection with the communities in which we are and with the state of California, which has its own ambitious climate goals. I want to see if we can get in a question in a minute, uh, Elaine, but uh, 
uh, you purchased or uh, built, I guess, purchased your own utility, the university system. We did. Uh, what? What is that? Why? Well, we did. We, 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 like I said, we're a big user. We're a huge uh, uh, consumer, as it were, and we're very interested in containing costs and doing it in an environmentally responsible way. So we purchased our own utility. It supplies power to a number of our campuses. Uh, we made the largest purchase. Uh, we bought two solar farms outside of uh, Fresno, 80 megawatts ultimately, uh, to be generated from there. Um, so we're looking at renewables. You know, we're doing a lot of natural gas, and a concern I have, and I think we should be thinking about, is how do we make sure that natural gas um, is not the end game, that it's not it's just a bridge to new technologies and a new way of using energy, not a kind of a cul-de-sac. So I'm very, I am and we are very cautious of that, even though we are using more natural gas. Elaine, do we have a question from the audience? Yeah, so we have a question about um, how you can, uh, how you're integrating the carbon neutrality goal within the UC curriculums. Right, so uh, a number of different ways, first of all, um, our students are intensely interested. They're intensely interested in solving world problems. They may not be all that interested in the American political system, mm. particularly now, um, mm. but um, they want to take something going on. That I didn't uh, know they want to take on you know big issues, big challenges, and 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 so things like sustainability, climate, food security, the like. There's intense student interest. Uh, so there are ma new majors that have been developed, very multi and disciplinary. Uh, we're getting ready, um, uh, driven by the um, primary author of the Bending the Curve 10 Scalable Solutions Report to offer a system-wide set of classes uh, in this area. Um, and, uh, you, know, you know, students can pick and choose, but uh, um, you know, it, it definitely it, there are waiting lines to get into many of these kinds of classes. So tell me a little story about where this goes in the next two or three years and in the story you'd like to be able to tell about the University of California at, say, 2020. Well, I, you know, by 2020, we will have built out our newest campus, Merced. Um, so we're... That's not done. That's not done. That's, it's open, but it's, it's still... A, it's not done. We have about 6,500 students there by 2020. Um, well, we intend to have 10,000. We will go, grow from, um, from that point. And uh, we, we just let the major contract uh, for the build out of the Merced campus. So it's the first research university to be built in the United States in this century. It's a huge opportunity to uh, use some of these things we've learned and to, from the get-go, from you know the moment a stake is put in the ground, to be thinking about all of the factors that go into sustainability, be it the kinds of materials we use, the architecture, the footprint placement of where things go, um, the access to renewable energy and renewable energy supplies, all of that kind of integrated into the physical architecture of the campus. And one of the major curricular themes of the undergraduate curriculum at Merced will be focused exactly in this area. And so, and, and what does that, that's one campus with one very much leadership initiative. What does that get you in terms of the rest of the, the campus and the rest of the 2020 story and vision? Well, what I envision is as we, as we build new buildings and renovate old ones, and we're trying to do both, 
Uh, we certainly could use a little help on that from the state, um, but uh, I'll leave that for another discussion. Um, but even as we do that, given our audacious goal, you know, carbon neutral, um, et cetera, um, they, these kinds of thoughts need to be integrated into everything that we do. And fortunately, we have throughout the system world leaders and kind of thinking through how do you go from a goal like that to um, all of the implementation steps that, that need to occur. Um, and and we, have a, we have a UC Climate Council, basically, that is comprised of uh, members from faculty and staff throughout the system. Uh, and they help make recommendations uh, to the chancellors, to me, to the regents about what we need to do and what we need to invest in. You said you need a little help from the state, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Uh, real quickly, uh, what help do you need from the private sector? Well, I think um, uh, I liked you know, the, 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 the comment made in the, by the, the previous panel about reducing costs and uh, rewarding utilities for reducing costs and, instead of selling more energy. Um, I think we need to intersect more in, in terms of uh, using predictive analytics on, on the grids, for example, and deploying technologies that we are developing or, and have at the university, but putting those out into uh, the private market. I think that uh, there are real opportunities for uh, thinking uh, collectively uh, uh, not just locally, but regionally uh, and across traditional grids and utility setups about the overall energy security that we have and its sustainability. Well, be careful what you wish for because we've got a room full of some of the coolest, most efficient, cutting edge, uh, clean technologies. And so you may hear from some of them before it's all over. Um, but that would be great, actually. Great, great. Well, uh, as I said, be careful and what there you needs wish to be for. A, yeah, and there needs to be porosity, what I call porosity. Porosity of ideas and developments from the private sector to the university, and porosity of the things that we are developing to the private sector. You know, and managing that porosity in the right way is, is, a, is something that we need to be thinking about and, 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 and uh, acknowledging that we will be better together than independently. Yeah, well, thank you for that thought and thank you for being here. But most important, thank you for your leadership uh, in this job and the previous jobs and really showing the way of how sustainability and security and prosperity go hand in hand. Please join me in thanking thank President you. Janet Napolitano. Thank you. You've been listening to Janet Napolitano, President of the University of California, in conversation at the Verge 16 conference. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash center stage. And while you're there, tune into GreenBiz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at GreenBiz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.